0: It is the technology show where we translate geek into regular speak. I'm Brett Levy, and I'm solo this week. Had a great show with Aria Sternberg last week. Uh, I know you're going to draw the today show when uh, you see some of the cool stuff that we're doing. So today, I mentioned on last week's show that uh, it was going to be Google I.O. And I've always said that with Google and pretty much any of these big shows that come out, if you're into technology, you need to watch the keynotes. It brings you up to speed. Um, but I know that for a lot of people, time poor. so here's the summary. Today's uh, show, I've called it Google I.O. Oh, because I've gone through pretty much the highlights of what the show was all about and and features and cool stuff that they launched and talked about and that. So without further ado, uh, let's uh, get into the show. So I always do things with a Z this week and with Google I.O. Oh, as well is no different. Um As you know, I am game mainly on my phone, so I don't play on a PC, and I don't really play on my Xbox that much, I play on a phone, I just prefer it, I have time, and my phone of choice is the Google Pixel 7 Pro. I did review it last year, Um, I have actually reviewed the Pixel 7 as well last year. So it's only fitting that I give you a review of the just released and very cool I guess I'm already sharing my feelings then uh, new Google Pixel 7a so if you're watching the show that's the picture that I have up there on the screen that is the new 7a it was announced last week I've got to just quickly stop there for a second where it's awesome being a tech journalist and a tech reviewer and all the cool things that I get to do What really sucks is when we get cool toys and it always arrives or an email arrives saying under embargo. um, I had this device. I I had it. I'd already reviewed it. I'd played with it. I was itching to go. But we were under embargo until obviously Google I.O. announced, which was only a few hours after I had it and I got to play with it. But still I had it anyway. um, And then, of course, now it's been like five or six days and I'm only talking about it now. But back to the Google Pixel 7a. So first off, the A in Google's way, in Google, or is Google, sorry, I'm still thinking and trying to talk at the same time. So let's start there again. The A is Google's way of actually specifying that this is their budget device or maybe their entry-level device. I have to be honest, though, that the 7a doesn't behave like a budget device. Now, I suppose the good thing about delaying the show and not, like, getting it out the door um, is I have had almost a week to play with the device and I've played with it on the basis that I was comparing it to the other devices I did I don't think it was fair to to pitch it up against the 7 Pro but definitely to compare it up against the 7. Now if you're watching the show um, I've actually got all three phones up on the screen at the moment the one on the extreme right is the Google 7 Pixel Pro And the way to mainly tell that, I mean, you can't really see it in the scale there. It is the biggest of the phones, but if you look at the cameras, right, you can see there's the extra ultra-wide camera there. If you look in the middle is the Google Pixel 7, and then if you look to the left, it's the Google Pixel 7a. I hope I got that right. I did. Um, Now, the thing that's important to remember is that these three phones all share the same Google Tensor G2 chip so um, basically there's no difference from the hardware performance that's inside there obviously there's camera technology there's there's storage and things like that but we'll get onto it now but let's just just want you to keep in mind that a budget phone or a phone that's supposed to be entry level is actually sharing the same processor as the Rolls-Royce of the phones now Um, Unlike the Google 7A has wireless charging like the other two devices, but it doesn't seem to have reverse wireless charging. I also Googled it. (laughs) That was terrible Brett, sorry. I wish I'd like a sound effect board. Um, I Googled it, it doesn't have reverse wireless charging. I personally would never share my precious battery life with anyone anyway. For those of you that don't know what reverse charging is, I think I've just explained it, you can actually charge out of the device. So if someone needs to boost up you can actually just put your phone on the back of theirs and your phone becomes a donator of battery power. Um, But staying with the 7 and the 7a it's actually really hard to tell them apart. Um, When you put them side by side the 7a is slightly smaller it's got a 6.1 inch screen and the 7's got a 6.3 inch screen and I know I'm reviewing the 7a but I have to have something to benchmark against it otherwise it just seems to be another device. Um, The 7a has a plastic back, now it doesn't have the glass back that the 7 um, and the 7 Pro have. It didn't feel plasticky, Now when you think of the cheap phones, inverted commas, um, you can like tap them and they've got this like plastic, cracky sounding effect. You don't feel that with the 7a, it still feels like a substantial phone, the weighting is still there and it's pretty much the same weight as the 7. Um, so, the glass backing has not made much of a difference, um, it just doesn't feel plasticky. Uh, the other thing that I noticed is the camera bar doesn't protrude as much as it does on the 7 and equally on the 7 Pro. Now, I must just say, at first when the when the bar came out, which was on, was it the 5 or the 6? I'm testing my memory now, I think it was the 6. Um, it might have been the 5. I think it was the 6. We're going to go with the 6. I was kind of like, that's a bit weird. Like we've got this raised bar section, but I have to tell you as a gaming phone, when I'm holding it with and I can actually locate my fingers onto that bar um, and I know exactly where my hand is and it just it just feels good. Uh, I'm not covering anything or I've got my fingers over the front of the phone. I'm just holding literally with my thumb up the side of the phone and my fingers connected against the bar and it's it's stable enough to hold with one hand while I'm doing the tap tap thing on the game. Um, so, I really actually do like the bar. Um, and if I said anything against the bar originally, I'd take it back. I do like the bar. I'm not a camera expert. Um, and I know a lot of people go, Oh, when you're comparing a phone, this one's got a this megapixel camera, and that one's got a, that megapixel camera. I've never actually been into photography. I've always used a phone to take my photographs, and I'm happy with the quality they get from them. Um, but this is the technology show and we're going to talk about cameras because that's obviously a main thing on any phone. The 7a has a 64 megapixel main shooter, but the 7 only has a 50 megapixel. Now the reason I brought up that whole little speech beforehand is it's actually got to do with the image sensor and software. Now the software is the same, right, they're both made by Google, they're both running the same processors, we've spoken about that already. But the um, image processor inside the 7, is slightly better than it is inside the 7a so although the 7a has a 64 megapixel and the 7 has a 50 megapixel um, you might find and again it's perfect light and perfect angle and maybe if you're a photographer you might be able to get more out of the 7 than you would out of the 7a personally as an amateur when it comes to photography i couldn't tell the difference i took the pictures They were pretty much the same in the day, they were the same in the night. And here you go, hey Brett, show the pictures you took. No, um, it's not that kind of show of how badly does Brett take pictures. I'd rather just use stock photography that I can find online when it comes to this. But it's true. I personally didn't see it. Um, Although, if you you were going to go down to benchmark and paper, then yes, the seven's camera performance and images will be better. However, that being said, the 7As ultra wide lens, so it's the other lens, actually has a wild, wi- wilder, a wider field of view than the 7. And again, marginal, but when you look at the wide shot pictures, there you can see the difference. The 7A does a 120 degree and the 7 does 114. Now, my wife has a picnic business, so she's often doing these pictures where she's laid out all these picnics and these beautiful scenes in that. She would probably prefer a 120 degree versus a 114 because by capturing that little bit extra on either side, that's actually around where she's created her, you know, her picnic and, and laid everything out. Should I be that guy? Shout out to Palin and Pillow. Go and check out her picnics. Um, but if you if you have a look at it, because I'm often with her setting them up and I take pictures and that for her and I take them on the widest possible angle I can. So just as, a, as an aside, or not as an aside, we are doing a review. If you are looking for a wider lens picture, and you're deciding between the 7 and the 7a, you will notice the difference on the 7a. Um, Again, software managing is exactly the same. Um, So, you know, you're gonna get things like Magic Eraser. Now, I have spoken about Magic Eraser before. They did mention, in fact, I'll talk about it a bit later, so I'll leave that for later. But on on a Pixel, you get a tool called Magic Eraser and Photo Unblur. Unblur unblurs the faces. So when you take a photo, it takes like multiple pictures and then it looks for, um, looks for the best one, I suppose, or maybe builds the elements out of it to unblur. Um, but yeah, so those are already there. Now, Magic razor I use all the time. I mean, I've just recently removed my mother-in-law from a couple of pics, and that's all thanks to the feature on the pixels. So that was great. We had a group photo, didn't need her there, just took her out, boom, done. Sorry, I do love you still, Lorraine, no hot feelings making brevity for the show. Right, so back to the phone. Now, on the selfie camera, the 7A, um, and only if you zoom in, right? But the 7A has a bigger selfie camera. Uh, I think it's 13 versus 10, if I'm not mistaken. But they do seem to take the same pictures, and I think that might have to do with the lens and and the image sensor that's controlling the 7, but I took the exact same selfie picture. And when I zoomed in, like really zoomed in, the 7a was slightly better. But I'm talking about the point that like you have to zoom in, right? So if you're taking a selfie, um, it's gonna be exactly the same as for for all intents and purposes on the 7 and the 7a. So the point that I'm trying to make is that if this is supposed to be a budget phone, but it is punching way above its weight uh, and below its cost, not only is it cheaper than the 7, don't get into prices on the show because you can buy your phone directly from Google. You can buy it from Amazon. You can buy it from, I suppose, anywhere. So price price references are relevant, and also a lot of people listen to the show again a later stage where the price not be, may not be relevant. What I can say, and from what I understand, the price point difference is significant. I think it may be as much as $100, but there's also always specials and deals and that going. So you do kind of need to look for the right time to buy phones. Um, I think I have another image here. Yeah, I do. So the colours—they got four super cool colours. They've got a, a, a charcoal and a snow, which is like the grey and the white. If you're not watching the show, you'll—they up there. I've got all four. The one that I was sent to review is called C. It's like this light blue. I don't have it on my desk at the moment. I should have had it so I could show you. Anyway, it is up there on the picture. And if you can't see the picture, then you can't see the show. Anyway, you just have to trust me on this. But if you imagine like a really super light. Um, baby blue colour, and they said they've called it sea. And then there's a coral colour, which is almost coral slash salmon-y pink. Um, what I do like is how the the bar, the camera bar, has been colour matched as well. You don't see it as much on the charcoal, like the charcoal, it's got this darker um, metal colour that blends really nicely, and then on the snow, it's a bit more silver, so it's not white. But on the sea and on the coral, the colour bar. It blends so nicely. It's got like almost the same color. It's just a metallic version of it, which kudos to Google. That That's attention to detail. I do have to have a little bit of a moan. Um, the cover, the, the the protective case, and with any phone, I always advocate covers and screen protectors. Uh, shout out to Zag. Um, that's the, my preference when it comes to a screen protector. But the cover that I got was just a plain black one. Now, I'm sure there are covers to buy out there. Um, I don't I haven't been to Google site to their shop to see if they're there, so if someone can correct me. Please feel free to do so. But I do hope that there are matching covers for these phones because it seems a bit pointless to have this or make a choice on a super cool color and then just slap a black cover onto it. I'd rather have a clear cover um, or or a matching cover, and maybe there's just a little bit of feedback for Google. If you don't have matching covers, then just make a clear cover so that you can see the phone through it. Anyway, um, pretty much the last thing that I kind of want to say is when I reviewed the 6A and the 6, which was over a year ago, um, I felt that the 6 was a better bar for its price point, even though it was more um, than the 6A. The the 6A is feeling. There were performance differences, significant performance differences. Um, That's not the same for the 7A. I cannot say that I'd be disappointed if I was given a choice between a 7a and a 7, and I went to 7a, and my mate got a 7, and we were doing a side-by-side. Um, I don't know if the slightly bigger, um, slightly better camera, maybe bigger battery, but then again, it's a bigger screen, so the bigger battery is needed for the bigger screen. I don't know if those would be enough to actually make me pay whatever that extra money is personally, Um, The only thing I do want you to consider, if you are considering a phone, and if you're considering an Android phone, you really do need to consider the Pixel range as a whole. And I'm talking about the 7 Pro when it comes to the Samsungs um, and what's the other big brand, Samsung, Huawei. Do we still get Huawei in Australia, but we do globally? Um, Oppo, I wouldn't call it a premium phone, probably a Samsung, right? So then you'd be looking at the Google 7, Google Pixel 7 Pro. But the one thing you should consider is that although both the 7 and the 7a come with eight gigs of RAM, the 7 is only, um, the 7a is only available in 128 gigs. Whereas the 7, for a bigger price, you can get the 256 gigs option as well from a storage point of view. Now, I'm already paying for cloud storage. I already have two terabytes of Google cloud storage. So for me, if the phone was 64 gigs, it wouldn't make a difference. Uh, because all my photos, documents, music, everything actually, is already by default set to go to the cloud. Um, I don't use anything on my phone, and there's multiple reasons for that, and I've discussed this on shows before, and the main reason is that if your storage in your phone is full, your phone does run slower because it's got a process, and equally if you lose your phone, I want to lose it with as least amount of stuff as possible. So I always try to keep as much as I can in the cloud anyway. the uh, only limit limitation, though, would be things like games. So if you were going to download, or apps, if you're going to download games and apps, and a lot of them, uh, 128 gigs might be a little bit small for you. You then would probably want to consider the seven. And again, this is not about photo storage. This is purely about apps. Um, I do believe that as we evolve, you'll probably find that a lot of cloud, cloud-based cloud apps, web apps, or what they call progressive web apps, will be the norm. So you won't actually need to download anything onto your device will be more like a launcher if you look at the gaming world though, however the game sits on the device whether it's a pc or a game or a phone or a console you do have to download a significant part of the game onto the hand uh, onto the hardware so that would be the only thing that i would consider when considering between the 7a and the 7 is do i need more than 128 gigs uh, of storage if you do then um i think um you should probably then consider the seven. But all in all, super fantastic device. Um, As I said, I, um, I personally would not label this as a budget or entry level phone, given the processor, given the camera technology, given the software technology. There's another big plus about going with a Pixel device versus another Android device when it comes to Android, is you always get to play with the latest features first and Pixel will always reserve things for themselves, right? So, um, I mean, although like Google Photos, for example, even if you take a photo on another device and you go into Google Photos, you can still use um, some of the cool tools that are up there in, in the cloud, but, but there's always going to be things that the Pixel will get first and maybe only get. So if you are a, a, an Android user um, and you haven't used a Pixel and you want to dabble, you're not looking for top-end devices yet maybe you're looking for a secondary device this is a great phone that being said for its price points and its positioning for a phone for your kids um definitely a phone to consider Um, and there you do save the 100 or 150 whatever the difference in the prices in your respective country i would say hands down that if you're buying this for a child or as a secondary device you do not need to spend the extra money on the 7 versus the 7a so that brings me to the end of my review on uh, the Google Pixel 7a. So it seems to be like a tongue twister to try and get these things out. Right. Now, as I said, this is the I.O. show. It's definitely not, uh, I'm not doing all the usual things that I do on the technology show. So for tech news with a Z, it's actually I.O. news with a Z. So first up um, is the Pixel tablet. Now, I am hoping to do a review on this unit, so I'm not going to go into too much detail today. Um, I I did get quite a nice overview um, on the tablet. It looks like a lot of thought went into this tablet. The thing that I want to point out, if you're watching the show, you'll see it. I've done a picture from the front, a picture from the back. It's an 11-inch tablet, so it's definitely being positioned to contest with the iPads. Um, But the docking station, which it comes with, just by the way, is a speaker. It's a magnetic speaker it just clips on, um, the speaker then becomes a smart speaker through the actual Google tablet, or Pixel tablet rather, sorry, um, so you can talk to it like you would one of the Nest devices or Google speakers. The speaker itself amplifies the whole sound, so if you're on a video call or you're listening to music or you're watching movies or anything like that, it's there. As I said, I don't want to get into a full review. Um, I, do want to actually review this device. It's the first Pixel tablet, so it's definitely something I would like to review. Uh, and we'll talk about it a bit more then, but it was announced. Speaking of hoping to do reviews, um, the Pixel Fold was also launched. Now it's been rumored for a while, I've even spoken about in on the show. I have to say that I was truly watching this presentation. Um, I'm not sure if this device is coming to Australia. I'd like to be optimistic and say it is coming to Australia. Um, and because of that, I'm not actually going to talk about it because I'm hoping I'm going to get a device to do a review on. Uh, but looking at the screen, if you're watching, or just Google it if you're not watching it, the one thing that just jumps at me is absolutely beautiful design is how they've rounded the edges of this device. So when it's closed, you've got these round edges. It's not this sharp, squared-off, foldy thing like the Samsung. Um, and I'm not knocking the other phones. Um I'm just saying that the aesthetic of that round edge, like when it's closed as well, it just just you just want to hold it and touch it. And yes, I'm getting a bit carried away here. And Google, please, if I could stand up now and be on camera still at the same time and get down on my knees, I would please bring this phone to Australia. Um, I didn't see a launch date for it here in Australia, so I don't know if it's coming. Um, and if it's coming. I really do have to get my hands on one of these to play with um so out of protest i am not going to review it now i mean i could do a whole shot on this on all the features that then now something what it can do and what it can't do and the way it falls and doesn't fold so we're just going to leave it there i'm going to carry on before i uh yeah, it feels like i actually might be drooling already right what do we got next maps so there was a quite a big announcement on maps um i have always told people i use google maps i don't use apple maps on my iphone um it's, i just don't like apple maps it's terrible um one of the new updates though that they've come out and they've called it immersive view for routes or roots but not in australia it's routes <laughs> actually i have to stop there for a second for the listeners that are not in australia um, it's routes. It's not routes. And if Google was going to give us a map to find our route, well, that could be super fun. I'll just leave it at that. Right. So immersive views for routes, it uses computer vision and AI that actually takes billions of pixels of street view images and aerial images and everything. And just creates this digital world. So it lets you preview your route before you take it. Now with that it means that you can see the information you need like for example any maps will give you directions but you'll actually be able to see uh, bike lanes sidewalks um intersections if there's parking along the journey like often you know you go somewhere and you go oh, hold on a second i know where i'm going to park now you can go in the preview mode of the route and see where the parking is how far away it is from where your meeting is or your destination is and also no nasty surprises a lot of roads, just all of a sudden you come around a corner and they just converge. They go from like two lanes to one. Boom. That can cause problems. It can cause accidents. It can cause all kinds of things. Cars can be parked on the side of the road. And then, you know, where do you go? Into the back of a car or onto the side of the car when you pull out. So by, what they're hoping to do with the immersive um, view for routes is to, well, it's still up to you to look at the route, right? If you're just going to get into your car two minutes before you're supposed to go and enter it, this is actually irrelevant. But if you're actually going to plan which I do, um, I sit there and I go, oh, I need to go here, I'm gonna have a look and see the map and see the best way to go. I could now look for those type of things, not only parking, but I can look for lane convergences, things like that, and the importance also of turning lanes. You don't wanna be behind cars inside turn turning lanes. So you, I could say stuff, okay, when you see that building, make sure you're in the left lane, in America, the right lane, so that you don't ever get caught up in, you know behind cars that are waiting to turn. So I think it's quite a cool, um, it's a cool feature and a cool addition. Um, and more importantly, it's it's just another one of Google Maps' strong points, right? Is that they've taken the whole world that they've been photographing for all these years and years, and are using it. Uh, another announcement was Magic Editor and um, Magic Composer. So let's start with Magic Editor. So Magic Editor is basically, um, well, it's it's kind of the next step to Erase. It. In fact, I think I've got the wrong slide up. This is Magic Editor slide. I'm going to have to talk through the slide because there's actually motion in this picture. This was a picture from Google. And when you watch the presentation, you saw it. So if you're watching the show, I'm going to talk through, uh, uh, you'll see. Uh, but if you're just listening, I'm going to talk through it anyway. So what Magic Editor does, it's kind of like the next step of Magic Eraser. So in the photograph that I have, there's a waterfall in the background. There's a lady that's standing in the front, and she's kind of blocking the fo- the, the, the spray of the the waterfall a little bit. And she's also got... A, I suppose a bag or something that's hanging over her shoulder. And what they did in the de- in the when you watched the presentation, they just clicked on her and dragged her to the right. So they kind of moved her hand that was kind of covering the the splash out the way. And then the AI and obviously what what they've learned with Magic Eraser, it just rebuilds the background, so it doesn't look like she was originally not where she is, right? And then this black strap that's around her, they just erased it using the razor. So you can change foreground and background and you can move things around inside the image. Um, so it's kind of like having almost some Photoshop tools slash Canva inside your photo. I thought that was very cool. Um, I mentioned earlier that, you know, I'm not a photographer. I've never owned a really fancy camera, uh, but I do like editing my photos and changing things and tweaking them. So yeah, I, I thought that was quite cool. Um, let me just go back on a slide. The other thing was Magic Compose. Now this is, um, um, it's got to do with messaging, right? So um, what you do for Magic Compose is you use Google Messages, so like text app, and then you type your message as you normally word, and then you select how you want the message to sound. So Magic can, Compose can adjust it to like, for example, um, do you want it to be more happy? Uh, do you want it to be more excited, chilled out? Do you want it to be written in the voice of Shakespeare? Uh, and that's really an option. and They've got that up there. And if you're looking at the show, you see excited, chill, Shakespeare, lyrical. So it's, it's kind of Google also just ingesting some of the AI into messaging. But what's nice about it is if you do a lot of text, I've got some clients that I engage with on text a lot. So I could just write a quick little message and go make it professional, and it will re-edit it for me. But then equally... Um, I can just write a message and make it more t- more friendly if it if if it required that. So um, I don't know if it's out yet. I don't think it's out yet. This is part of the developer platform that they were showing and, and showcasing. Um, the next was Palm Two. So Palm is uh, Google's language model, uh, L M P A L M. So it's L M is the language model. Um, it's going to be used to power Bard, uh, which is their Chat GPT A R type tool. Now, Bard came under some criticism after getting some info wrong um, at one of the big events or launches or promos that they did. The difference is that Google owned it. They they said, "We're sorry about this." I mean, the share price took a knock. Everything went wrong, but now they've come back. The love's back. But the, they did own it. They said this was a mistake. Corrected the mistake. And in fact, if you go to the Bard uh, website, I'm smiling because I had it. There's actually a thing that says sometimes it might not be accurate. Blah blah blah. So it's it's still telling us that we need to still use our own research and and you know, apply human element to it. But Palm 2 was announced, so this is an engine that people start being able to work with. Um, Workspace has now been upgraded with, not yet, sorry, it's, it's being upgraded with AI integration. It's obvious, right, with everything they're doing in AI. So now you'll have probably BARD sitting there helping you write your text um, and correct it and change it. Now, we've seen that in Gmail for quite some time. Now you start typing and it, it auto-completes. This will obviously just take it to the next level. You could probably just go, Hey, Google, oh, just wait for the speakers to turn off. Okay. So um, you could go, Yes, what I just said. And then, or just type even and just type out a quick thing, send a message, so and so. Please make sure you cover whatever. And it will do it like a chat GPT would do. Um, this was very cool. So, Music LM was announced as well. And what that fundamentally does is it turns text descriptions into music. Now, when people start it, now if you can see the screen, it's like two nylon string guitars playing in fla, what flamenco style is the word that they write, the ambient soft sounding music and da da da. So you just type what you would want to listen to. So imagine like a um, Stratocaster doing a major solo. You could type that and it will turn into music. Now when ChatGPT first came out and people started writing stuff, people were trying to write songs. And they were writing songs in the style and voice of their favorite artist. Nick Cave, our very own Australian who lives in America, was quite vicious about this. And his thoughts and responses in in AI music were scathing. I mean, he actually said that AI writing music can't work because it doesn't feel the actual pain and sadness and all those places that he has to go to in the dark to to come up with his lyrics. Nick, uh, you're being a bit of a soot. Um, Yeah, I wrote a Nick Cave song um, and I think it was a pretty damn good Nick Cave song. Um, I gave it its own title and what I wanted inside that song and I do think you would have been proud of my Nick Cave song and yes, you were vocal about the fact that fans were sending you the songs. I'm not sending you song, your song and I'm not sharing your song but I have listened to enough of your music over the years to know that my Nick Cave song would have been a Nick Cave song that Nick Cave would have written, just putting it out there. Uh, please call me privately offline if you want to do a record deal, but we'll speak to you afterwards. Right. Moving back to the show. So another thing that was announced was um, find my device. Now this is pretty much like the Apple find me. Um, the difference though, which I thought was quite cool is that they will pick up Apple a So there was a big problem with Apple AirTags. tags. Like people that wanted to track, you could just drop one in your bag um, and then track you. They could track you home. Apple then addressed this and they, You've got a warning saying, unknown Apple AirTag in your vicinity. And then you could just check your stuff and find the damn thing and get rid of it if it wasn't yours. Um, so if you don't have an iPhone, you wouldn't know that an AirTag is tracking you, right? Now you do. So the whole thing with Find My Device is also stock and cross-platform. We're going to see Google and Apple play nicely together as we move forward. We're apparently going to see sideloading on the Apple ecosystem as well eventually. Um, So it makes sense that from a privacy and protection point of view, not just to find your lost device because you had a really drunken night and do not know what you did with your phone or your headset, whatever it is that you're trying to find. I think from the security point of view, it's really cool that it can track AirTags and just alert you the fact that there is an AirTag that's in your your direct vicinity. Um, Oh, uh, Wear OS 4 will be coming out. So Wear Wear OS is... Google's operating system for watches. Other watch manufacturers and other brands use Wear OS as well. Um, they look Wear OS still needs to get quite a bit right, and they've got some developing to do, and definitely have to catch up um, with Apple Watch. But but to be fair, Apple has had watch a lot longer, and I don't think it will take Google that same amount of time to get Wear OS to where Watch OS is in years. So I think after maybe Wear OS 5 we'll probably find that they're almost neck and neck and and all on a par Uh, but there are still you know there are still problems in the Wear OS um, software. Things like text-to-speech will be addressed in OS 4, Uh, battery will last longer because that was a big problem with the watch Uh, with Wear OS 3 it was draining battery so it's, that's coming out. And then I think I've got one more thing that was worthwhile is, um, yeah, universal translate. This was super freaky. So universal translator, it's interesting. But what it does is not only does it translate a video um, from one language to another, but the speaker's lips actually sync with the words that they never spoke. So, you know, if you're going from English to Spanish, the Spanish word for beer is cerveza savaza uh, doesn't look on my on my lips the same as beer uh, beer savvaza this will change it Your, the lips of the model will change to say savas so that's just super scary intense AR um you, you know so this is where they're going uh Ari I mentioned you at the beginning of the show I said I'll probably mention you later on the show you were the, the the guest co-host with me last week if you watched last week's show we're talking about What you do with Kudo and translating, you know, this is quite something I thought, this was quite significant. There were a lot more announcements, um, but these were more around like the developer level, um, the software, what you can do with software, that's what I.O. is, it is a developer's conference, it's for all the cool people out there that build the cool stuff that we like to play with, that is fundamentally the summary of an I.O., no different to a Worldwide Developers Congress in uh, Apple's world. Uh, but the hardware was super, super cool. Did I mention I was drooling over the Google Pixel fold? I just might have mentioned that earlier, but anyway, um yeah, so that's my summation. There were as i said there was there were other things um I could cover them if there was any questions on some of the things that were discussed or today and or that I didn't discuss. I'm always looking for q and a on that note. I'm not doing an i u game today. I'm not doing a q and a today. This was my Google I.O. show. Um, So, yeah, that's uh, pretty much it. So that takes us to the end of the show. So I guess uh, until next time, keep your screens clean and your knob shiny.